Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. for you people i'm giving you what i got and what i got is a lot welcome and i hope you're doing good yeah i'm wearing white today because i'm a virgin that's right you don't think i am but i am i'm a virgin look at this nobody would have this uh two kids by an immaculate conception that kind of thing i did not say reception so yeah and i'm wearing my indiana because you know what indiana is gonna beat the living crap out of maryland today but I digress, and by the way, what a great, great, great evening of basketball. But I got to tell you, I I'm done with announcers. I got to go back to announcing. It's horrible. Whoever, I ain't even getting into it because it was a woman, and you're not allowed to say that women announcers are god-awful sometimes. You can say guys are, but man, oh man, whoever was doing that Atlantic 10 game uh, on USA, Jesus. All right, let's get into stuff. I am fired up today. It is a no-meat Friday. That's right. I'm a good Catholic boy. I go to church. I do now. I went on a religious walkabout, but I went to church. All right, let's get right into this. Hey, let's play it. Yesterday, Fred Van Vliet, he became our hero. I've never seen a player just calmly call out with perfect swear words, with names of referees. I've never seen this before. But there are consequences to actions. Let's set it up. Here's what Fred Van Vliet had to say yesterday after about after his game or two days ago. Whatever. Take a fine. I don't really care. I thought, you know, um, Ben Taylor was terrible tonight. Um, I thought that on most nights, you know, a couple of, you know, out of the three, there's one or two that just the game up. You know, and it's, it's, it's been like that a couple couple games in a row. Um, Denver was tough, obviously. You come out tonight, you're competing pretty hard. The third quarter, I get a bull tech. Changes the whole dynamic of the game. Changes the whole flow of the game. And, um, you know, most of the refs are trying hard. I like a lot of the refs are trying hard. They're pretty fair. They communicate well. And then you got the other ones who just want to be dicks and um, just kind of the game up. Nobody's coming to see that They come to see the players. And um, I think we're losing a little bit of the fabric of what the NBA is and was, and um, it's been disappointing this season. Um, you can look up most of my texts this year have been with Ben Taylor officiating. So at a certain point as a player, you feel it's personal, and um, it's never a good place to be. That's not why we lost tonight. We got outplayed, um, but it definitely makes it tougher to overcome. Well, yeah, all right, let's address that. First, the swear words were perfectly placed. And when I saw this originally, I meant to say this yesterday, I thought to myself, you know what, that's reasonable. You know what, more coaches and players should do that. And then today, the fine came down, $30,000 fine to Fred Van Vliet. He said he would take the fine, but here's the deal. And this is what makes it really interesting. You know, the maximum fine was 50 grand. The maximum fine was 50 grand. Now, I've had people say, what if it was a white player to an African-American official. We all know the answer to that. Of course we do. But look, here's the deal. 
It is only 30 grand he cussed out basically an official and called him by name. Called him by name. Man. Now, 30 grand, you can say it's not a lot of money, but it is a lot of money. 30 grand is a lot of money. I, I, hey, look. But here's the other thing. To say we're losing the fabric of the NBA is complete crap. The fabric of the NBA used to be Michael Jordan playing 82 games. The fabric of the NBA used to be that guys were sitting on the bench. They didn't look like dudes wearing torn-up jeans and hats and everything else. They looked professional. The fabric of the NBA is crap, let's be honest. And Fred Van Vliet, what I liked about it, I love the fact that Fred Van Vliet was wearing a sweater, looked good, so I took him more serious. Some guy wearing a Daffy Duck shirt and shades like Dylan Brooks did yesterday, I got nothing for you. But the fact of the matter is the fabric of the NBA is childish crap. That's what it is. I mean, just watch guys on the bench, how they dress, how they act, wearing hats, acting like fools. It's crap. They're all 18 to 50-year-old or whatever, 30-year-old dudes acting like children. So that part I disagree with. But, man, do I love him calling out a referee. Man, do I love him saying in exactly that tone, in exactly that way. So now he calls it unfortunate. He's got to pay 50 grand. But the NBA, again, in their chicken blank way, stayed woke and defended a player against a referee, and there's a lot of connotations to it. A lot of you are saying, hey, man, you tell me. Some good, not great, white player cusses out a black referee like that. What's going to happen? I don't really know. I never thought of that. You all have, so you ask me, I'll give you an answer. I honestly don't know. But I do know this. David Stern once again shows how gutless he is. If I were referees, I'd take the night off. I'd say, you know what, you're not going to defend us. Let's get out of here. You want to have a conversation privately with me? Fine. If I were a referee, if I were the referee's union, I'd be like, why was he not fined $50,000, the maximum? I've never seen a more egregious calling out of of an official. All right. When you deal with snakes, you're going to get bit. You know, it's biblical. You know who I was. You get with a serpent, you help a serpent, They're going to bite you. I've let one snake, Greg Doyle, into my life. I want, and I knew he was a snake. I didn't let him stay at my house because he was a snake. I stopped hanging out with him, although I would call. I would never hang out with him, but I would call and talk to him because I knew he was a snake. I did not want to be around. If I told you the stories, which I'm not going to get into this, but if I told you what was actual uh, in our, quote, relationship, You'd be like, damn, you did that for him? Damn, he was doing that? But I don't, I let them do that. I let the indie star get personal. But it came back to bite me, right? When he got offended, he made up all this stuff, switched things around, next thing you know. It's biblical. When you deal with snakes, you get bit. But do you, as an adoptive family, as somebody that, I don't know, takes a kid, adopts him, do you think years later, This snake is going to come back and bite you. That's exactly what Colin Kaepernick is. It's exactly what Kaepernick is. What a snake. He's selling a book. He goes on a tour. And he just crushes his adoptive parents. People that took him in. People that gave him a chance. People that taught him right from wrong. Because, well, 
problematic upbringing perpetuated racist because the mother wouldn't let him wear cornrows. So 20, 30, 40 years later, a snake is always going to do what a snake is going to do. They are going to bite you. They're going to bite you. There's no question about it. But you never really think anybody would get this skeezy, this disgusting, this dirty, this filthy, this awful to go back and backbite the family that gave you a chance when you had nothing. But that's Colin Kaepernick. I watched his special for two minutes, and I thought, yeah, the way he talks, he's not a real one. Nah, he, he's full of crap. I get it. He's trying to paint himself as a messiah, but you know what he is? He's simply a snake. That's all he is. We all knew it. We all thought it. But when you go and do what he did, what he did, To his adoptive parents, there is nothing else that you can say other than this clown right here is a snake. Look at him. White parents. I mean, racism among jackasses is to be expected. I get it. Maybe the the Nike money is running out. You're trying to sell a book. You got exposed in your own documentary among not, not, you know, not guys out there saying, man, Cap, you go, yeah, man. No, about people with intelligence are saying, hey, and that ain't black or white. That's just, you know, I've heard from both. Like, I, I got a couple of good friends, African-Americans are like, man, Kaepernick should have never done that. Should have never done that because everybody that has any sense is like, oh, he's an idiot. No, I, I have no problem with him kneeling. I got no problem. I never had a problem with it. Hey, man, you do you. Never. I have a problem with white guys trying to, you know, like Chris Ballard crying or Frank Reich posing. But, hey, that's on them. But the truth of the matter is when you come now back at the family that raised you and gave you a chance, you're nothing more than a snake to sell. You're not trying to, oh, I don't know, cause any uh, change with that. You're not trying to be an activist with that. You're trying to sell a book. You're trying to sell a book, and you're using people that by all accounts, every single account, did you write? Did you write? But you're trying to sell a book. And if you wrote it, I guarantee you, it's damn near illegible. Because I'm telling you, when I heard this guy talk, I was shocked. Like, whoa. That ain't who I thought he was. He's got the depth of the kiddie pool. What a, it just blanks me off. It blanks me off to no end. When people are so filthy, so disgusting, like my buddy at the Indy Star, that they will do stuff like this. It's just unbelievable. Oh, no, it's not. It's very believable. Frickin' snake. All right. For years and years and years, I have told the great people that are Indiana University men's basketball fans that it is only about winning. For years and years and years, I have told the fans of the Indianapolis Colts that Chris Ballard was a fraud. Nice guy. Great guy. Wonderful guy. But a fraud when it came to being a general manager. Every single media guy in the NBA bought into Chris Ballard. Some clown named Rosenstein or Rosenthal, I can't, Mike, uh, something like that at NFL.com 
rated him as the number one general manager in the NFL. But I've always said the only thing that matters is winning. I had Ryan Grigson on yesterday, and Indy fans are so remedial with their football thought that they actually think this guy Ballard, who is uh, 32 and 80 or whatever the heck he is, is better than Grigson as a general manager who went 52 and 34. And I'm not going to get into the arguments because they're always stupid. But the truth of the matter is Matt Painter summarized this perfectly. Let's listen to the coach of your Purdue Boilermakers. We got what we came for. Yeah. So, like, that's, that's fine. If they want to vote that way, they can vote that way. But, you know, nobody, everybody in our league and every player would trade positions to be where we are. You know, so that wasn't our goal. Our goal this year wasn't to be all conference or coach of the year. Our goal was to win the Big Ten, and we did it, and we did it by three games. If people out there that vote don't value winning, it just shows you they don't know much about basketball. You know, but I, I do my voting, and it's, unless it's extreme, when it gets to the end for me, it's, it's, it's winning versus losing. You know, if you want to put somebody on an all-conference team, you know, that, that lost more than somebody that wins, he better be considerably better than him. Because if it's close in the way I vote, I go with the guy that wins. I, I always just, that's what you play for. You don't play for awards. You play to win and the satisfaction of winning. And you shouldn't get off that. So, like I said earlier, like, you know, we got what we came for. You know, we came to get up the 25th Big Ten Championship. and we. That's it? I mean, in Indiana, I, there's, a, there's a couple of blogger boys, right? And they've told me it's nuanced. No, it's not nuanced. It ain't nuanced. You win. You win or you lose. Now, people are saying, well, Painter hasn't won in March. You're right. Only one guy wins in March, at least according to fanboys who talk about the chip. (laughs) I mean, let's just be perfectly honest. Matt Painter and what he said right there could not be more right. We had guys in Indiana, and I'm an Indiana fan. Trace Jackson Davis is fine. But they wanted him to be co-player of the year with Zach Eady. Purdue won the league by three games. Three games. And you're telling me? No. That's the fanboy effect. Hell, I, as I think about it, and I think Painter's right, Braden Smith should have been the rookie of the year, not uh, uh, Jaden Shapino, whatever his name is. No, it's true. Now that I think about it, uh, he should have been. Braden Smith uh, was the captain. He was the captain, the on-court captain of the Purdue Boilermakers. But here's the deal. Like, when you live in Indianapolis, we're so remedial here. Like, the Colts. The Colts, actually, we've had, after a win against Minnesota, them say, hey, it's a Super Bowl blueprint. We hired Archie Miller here and said it was a grand slam hire. Archie Miller. Archie Miller. Now, I got to tell you, we're so remedial and fanboyish here in Indianapolis, and then we don't win, and then we make excuses, and then we think Jeff Saturday's the answer. Every single human being in sports should listen to this or would listen to this if they're a coach or a player and go, yeah, I mean, that's it. At Indiana, we had, true story, a ninth place celebration with Jackson Davis going like this in front of an adoring fan base this year. Came in ninth place last year. They had the, Here's a picture of Jackson Davis off of a ninth place with thousands of people out there. And you wonder why Indiana stinks? Purdue just goes to work. They just go to work. When I look at the San Francisco 49ers, you know what I see? They just go to work. 
Teams just go to work. I think the Philadelphia Eagles, I think Andy Reid just goes to work. Don't celebrate all this crap. Ninth place finish at Indiana, and there's Jackson Davis. Basking in the glory. We're nuts in Indiana. The Colts, are you insane? Colts haven't won squat, and the general manager is literally regarded by Stephen Holder, Zach Kiefer, uh, whatever the little insiders are with the Indianapolis Star, as a great general manager. And these guys actually have jobs. I Think about your own town, wherever you're from. Unless you're from Philly or from New York or Boston, is your town the same as what I'm describing? Is your town the same? Well, well, you know. I mean, we did put three. In Indianapolis two years ago, when we didn't make, we, I say, when the Colts did not make, did not make the playoffs. Didn't make the playoffs, but they had six or seven guys make the Pro Bowl. That was like celebrated. Oh, okay. Huh? <laughs> you play to win the game. Now, I don't, I don't quote Herm Edwards. Herm Edwards came back into college, tried to cheat his brains out, got fired because he didn't know what he was doing, and now he's back at ESPN, and Jeff Saturday is soon to be there. Soon to be there. So there you go. Indiana fans, Van Pasterman, IU did improve this year. It's third. Somebody said to me, you know Bob Knight only won 11 Big Ten titles in his 28 years. So Dan, lighten up. Well, I got to tell you, I was there for 16 of them. And every time we didn't win a title, it was a disappointing year except for 1992, when we lost the Big Ten title at Purdue last game of the year. Knight famously walked home from the airport, whatever. And guess what? Uh, We went to the Final Four. It's the only year in my time there that we didn't win a Big Ten title that it was not a disappointment. But now we finished third, and hey, we're getting better. (laughs) Jeez. Man, oh man, oh man. I mean, it's been 30 years. But anyway, I digress. What Matt Painter said, I don't want to make this an Indiana thing. Well, I do. But anyway, what Matt Painter said right there should be played on a loop in Indiana University, at Butler, at you name the school, Penn State, Ohio State, because that's it. And it should be played for every clown writer because... Unless you are so much better, no question about it. To the victor goes the spoils. I got to tell you, man. That was great. That was great. No, no, no. That wasn't a little great. That was freaking great by Painter. And by the way, they play Rutgers uh, coming up at noon. We'll get into that coming up here in a minute. I am officially 2-0. and oh. I lost my, uh, I don't know what the heck I did. I probably threw it around yelling, screaming, losing my mind. All right, Kevin Durant may miss the rest of the season with an ankle injury. He's going to miss a few weeks, and he's got this ankle sprain. Now, isn't it amazing? Let me go to difference here, all right? And, I, and this, is not, I, 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 this is an unfair alert, okay? So ready for an unfair alert. Uh, Kevin Durant has a bad ankle sprain, right? High ankle sprain. Kevin Durant may miss the rest of the season. I'm looking at it here. Oh, really? All right. So Kevin Durant may, may all right, okay, I, I see you, baby. I see you. But guess what? Kevin Durant 
is not Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes got a high ankle spray. What was he doing? You ain't taking me out. What? No chance you're taking me out. Now, I get it. I understand I'm being unfair here. I know. I know. But let's be honest. The NBA doesn't get the benefit of the doubt. The NBA does not. Those players do not get us to say, well, you know, he's really tough. No, he's really tough. He's got a grade two ankle sprain. Two-week timetable, according to Shams, which means, all right, it may end up being the rest of the regular season. Patrick Mahomes played a week in a football game. Well, you, you don't know, man. It, it's different. Okay, it's different. All right. Okay. You're right. I just say you're right. Because depending on, like, talking to Matt Painter, Matt Painter would say, yeah, of course, Dan. I mean, we all know that. Right? But fanboy would say, oh, KD's a warrior, man. No, coaches that are real coaches, not these, you know, guys, would be like, nah. Why is Mahomes playing and why isn't Durant? Nah, I don't know. Nah, I don't know. Right, hey, look, I don't know. I'm gonna be like uh, I'm gonna be like Jay Will and then two clowns that I saw today, some guy named Harry Douglas. Interesting. It's interesting. <laughs> uh Senator Eddie Lam- uh, TCU starter Eddie Lampkin Jr. will not be with his team during the Big 12 tournament after being hurt for real. By alleged abuse and racism by Jamie Dixon. I got two words for you, Eddie Lampkin. My ass. I mean, nobody else has stepped up. They played last night. They won. I'm hurt for real. Really? Oh, we thought you were hurt for fake. We'll see how it comes out. We'll see. But uh, I've always laughed at the abuse. The abuse is funny to me. What is verbal abuse? Hey, man, get your out there. Go play. Verbal abuse. Hell, I went, when I was with Radio 1, I went to a diversity meeting. And they said we couldn't say folks, or that's some type of abuse. Look me up. There's an article uh, in the Indy Star uh, from some lying clown named Dana Bemba. You know what she said? The fact that I said I wouldn't go at it in a pool was abuse of this woman, Joanna Mellis. What is abuse, really? Hey, I get it. We all know spousal abuse, right? We all know child abuse. That's what we're talking about here. We're not talking about that. So before you send me your hate to you. Isn't that what we're saying? What we're saying is, uh, well, he yelled at me. Really? All right. What, you know, the whole racist thing, you better have some evidence. Like, you, people just come out and say it. And now people, we're starting to fight back a little bit. It's not only white people, but people, we're black people, everybody's starting to fight back a little bit. I don't know if you saw the reaction by African-Americans to the big racist Kendrick Perkins, but Charles Barkley uh, and others were like, yeah, well, uh, you're an idiot. I mean, if you got evidence, let's go. If you got a whole team full, but uh, Jamie Dixon, there is no chance that Jamie Dixon uh, did anything, I, I would bet you, because this has gotten no juice. There's nothing here from anybody else. But I get it. Oh, man, he hurt me for real. Really? Oh, really? Okay. Maybe. We'll see. But it, it, it's getting to the point now where you go, huh, okay. Uh, you're, just looking for a, uh, you're just looking for a little tension. Is this real? What is it? Because nobody else has come out. Easiest thing in the world to do is to come out and say, well, uh, Dan did this, Dan did that. That's what happens. Clay faces it. I face it. But 
you know, at the end of the day, is it real? I don't know. It just seems like everybody kind of did business as usual. And the other thing is this, and I'd be curious about this. The other thing is what's real with this kid? What, what's this kid going through? You know what I mean? That, that would be interesting. You know, anybody can say anything they want nowadays. All right? Anybody can. Anybody can say. Guy, Joshua Axelrod. Six reasons they should have fired Jamie Dixon. Really? Because one kid alleges, all right, okay, that's fine. Well, maybe this is, you know, Dan, racial abuse should not be tolerated. You're not kidding there, pal. Of course it shouldn't be tolerated if it's real. If it's real, absolutely. Rick, I don't, I mean, honest to God, tell Noah about the flood, but is it real? I got to tell you, nobody else on the team is stepping up and saying anything. Team went out and played well last night. And you know how these things happen once one person comes and opens up the floodgates. Rick, I deal in real. Of course it shouldn't be tolerated. Physical abuse shouldn't be tolerated. Child abuse, racism. You know, you guys are defending Kendrick Perkins. Racism shouldn't be tolerated. I don't know what to tell you. But the truth of the matter is, if it's real, fire him. If it's not real, this kid should be charged with a crime or sued. We'll see what happens. All right, Jake Paul. People are getting on Jake Paul because they ran. he ran away after an altercation with Floyd Mayweather. Here's the video. Uh, look for yourself and tell me what you think. So there's Jake Paul. He's hanging out, cameras, people. Why does Floyd Mayweather need, like, 20 guys coming at him? Why does he need all these guys surrounding him? Is this racism? Why, why do you need all these guys? Is this a hate? We're going to see a hate crime here? What are we going to see? I mean, I'll just get out of there, too. Look at all these guys coming up. All these guys. All these tough guys. Floyd Mayweather, why do you need 20 guys to fight your battles for you? Look at all these guys. It's like a mob. But people are making fun of Jake Paul. He's supposed to stand there? When 20 clowns? I'm sure they got their strap and one in the hole, right? Isn't that what we say? I got my strap and one in the hole. What a bunch of babies. What? I mean, I would use a different word, but it might get me in trouble. Hell, I'd run too. Now, if you want to stand there and square up with one of these guys, then great. But you know, I got one in the, I got my strap. When are we just going to start saying, you know what, idiots, just stop. And why aren't these guys going to jail? This is, this is a racially charged crime. Looks like to me. Dude's just standing there minding his own business. Or maybe not, I don't know. But all of a sudden, this seems like he may have been profiled. Probably because he's Jake Paul. <laughs> he's a boxer, right? I mean, I guess that would be the profiling. <laughs> Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. Don't make fun of Jake Paul here. 20 years. Hey, I got surrounded in the bathroom. Gary Westside High School. Yeah. Let's put it this way. It may have been a racial thing because there was no other reason to surround me in the bathroom at Gary Westside High School when I was, I don't know, 13, 12. I can't remember exactly. But I remember, oh, man, this ain't going to go good. So I just closed my eyes, put my head down, and ran through the littlest guy and ran out. This was during the game. You stayed in there getting the hell beat out of you by 20 idiots. It's time to go. When you got to go, you got to go. 
Right. Senator BS. If it's unwinnable, you get out. But I guess why is Floyd Mayweather such a racist? Why is his posse such a racist that he and his posse decided they're going to come up and walk up on a white guy? I mean, I get it if Floyd Mayweather wants to walk up on a white guy, but why is it all these guys? That seems odd to me. It seems very, very odd to me. It doesn't seem right. Just does not seem right. It's an unwinnable situation. Jake Paul got his backside out of there, as he should have. All right, college hoops last night. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, Gonzaga, great two nights ago. Duke. Duke won by 172 last night over Pittsburgh, a good Pittsburgh team. Pittsburgh is good. I mean, no, we're not at the stuff we worry about. I'm going to do a recap real quick. College, Pittsburgh is damn good. West Virginia, I mean, I know Seth Greenberg, my boy says Huggy Bear, is the winningest coach in college basketball, but he should be in the Hall of Fame. I think Huggy Bear is a cheat, and I'm glad when cheats get dropped out. North Carolina, how about their players? Listen to this. Hey, you guys on the YouTube chat that follow basketball, look at the YouTube chat. All right, listen to this. So North Carolina players, they, they want NIL. They want to be basically employees and pros. But one of them was whining the expectations were too high. I think Baycott, the expectation, hey, baby, you want to be a pro? You want to be an adult? You want to be a working class dog? Huh? The expectations that y'all put on us. Y'all being the media. Really? Wow. You guys, I think Baycott making up upwards of high six figures. You can't handle that? I mean, y'all want to be pros? Everybody's a pro. Oh, man. You know, uh, we're the product. You ain't the product. This is the product. The name on the jersey is the product. Go play in the G League like Hansbro did and no one's going to care about you. Hansbro, play at North Carolina and everybody's going to care about you. Don't even at me. I mean, give us a rats about Will Sheehy or Christian Watford since they played at Indiana, but sure they care about him in the state of Indiana, particularly Watford with the shot. So don't give me that crap. But North Carolina, the expectations were too high. Really? You're in North Carolina. Really? You're making hundreds of thousands of dollars. I mean, do you want to be a pro or don't you? Man, don't do it. Don't do it, college basketball. Do not become, don't become the NBA. Uh, I'm not going to lie to you. I like Brad Burnell. He's a nice coach. But North Carolina, Clemson, Miami, Wake Forest, TCU, Kansas State, no interest except for the we'll see what happens with the racist charge against Jamie Dixon. Other than that, I got nothing. All right, when we come back, you're not going to believe the stuff we worry about. I mean, the stuff we actually concern ourselves with, headlines in newspapers and such. Tell your friends, we are rolling on a Friday. Uh, SEC in the news. Brandon Miller spoke. Trey Wallace, our guy from Alabama, is going to join us top of the hour. And, of course, the uber-talented, the uber-lovely, the uber-smart Haley Cariona. I never say her name right. Is going to join us with some TikToks. Uh, as we end up another great week. But hey, coming back, I have got the stuff we worry about next. Man, I'm fired up. Sack the hell up and don't go anywhere. Don't at me. We'll be right back after this. 
What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer with over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros. Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back and their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless from researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience. Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. Okay. Hey, welcome back. Um, the we worry about the things. See, Dylan and Ryan are educated. I am uneducated, so I have to use swear words, and I have to be verbose. Right? They say the things we worry about. That's because both of them have a higher degree of intelligence. You know what I say? The sh we worry about. Hey, I I'm Danny D. The sh we worry about. Up oh, next. I, right. Bobby Barack, truly is America's conscience. If you know our show, you know Bobby Barack. You know him. You love him. Let's show an article from Bobby Barack about the stuff we worry about. You are not going to believe. In fact, I would argue that when I first saw this, and this is the Los Angeles Times, how white and affluent drivers are polluting the air breathed by LA's African-American population. That, ladies and gentlemen, is an actual headline, actual story, actual newspaper article in, wait for it, the LA Times. This isn't in the Videt Messenger. This isn't in the Indy Star. This is in the LA Times. How about it? So of course it got fact-checked. How white and affluent drivers are polluting the air, breathed by L.A. people, blah, 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 blah. Not. It's racist. Uh, it got fact-checked. Readers added context. This claim is false. The assu assumption based on research that those who drive more tend to be exposed to less air pollution, blah, 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 blah. Uh, L.A. population is 48% Latino, 28% white, blah, blah, blah. But it's not like that. I mean, how hard are y'all trying with the racism thing? How, how hard are you? It's great. I mean, look, uh, you know, a lot more opportunities for African-Americans. Great. I'm all for it. Doesn't matter to me even a little bit. But the truth of the matter is this fake racism stuff is just glorious. We are on the freeway as a white person driving to my job and I am racist. Now, Bobby Barack makes a great point in this 
Bobby Barak shows us that the guy who did this, the, the guy who, you know, put this out there, of course, is wearing a mask. His name is Sammy Roth. He's an energy and environmental reporter, formerly my desert, Dodgers fan. He's a hiker. He's trying to be good to people. Oh, he's an idiot. And he's got his little mask on in his picture, and he's doing what little masked up guys do and that are trying to be good to people. He is ridiculous. He is a jerk, and he needs to be gone from the, well, not gone from the earth, but he needs to be gone from printing or doing anything. And whoever the editor is, is worse than him because you let this crap get in there. Like, why are we still, why are newspapers, we know the reason, why are they trying to divide? They're not trying to expose or they're not trying to make things better. They're trying to divide because when you are divided, you have riots. When you have riots, newspapers sell. News shows sell. It's true. The more you can divide, the more you can conquer. It's the way of the world. And the LA Times, the Indy Star, the New York Times, the Washington Post, basically, if it is owned by Gannett, or, the, or it's the L, New York Times, the Athletic, the Atlantic, whatever the hell all those things are, the Washington Post, whatever, you know it's crap. I mean, let's just be honest. You know it's crap. You know it's going to be racist, liberal garbage that isn't going to be telling you the truth. But hey, you know what? They got us talking about it. They put us in a position where we mentioned the New York Times, or LA, L, Los Angeles, whatever the hell the paper is, LA Times, 100 times. So good for them. They got what they wanted. They're not starting any kind of debate on race. There's no African-American dude alive that's going to go, yeah, well, I mean, there's some, but no rational thinking guy's going to go, yeah, you know what? You know what? I, I, you're right. Uh, white guys driving cars to work, racist. What's wrong with people? Seriously. What is seriously wrong with people? All right, next comes from the New York Post. Now, here's the deal. Why is the New York Post the only freaking newspaper that has the stones to just, I don't know, to just tell you what in the Sam and Henry is going on around here? Why is it that a paper like the Post, who is, well, it's just a rag, it's a tabloid? No. No. I think people have that perception that it is, but if you really pay attention to it, But they do go into tabloid mode. Listen to this. Americans talk to strangers more on vacations than at home. Why would I talk to strangers at home? Like if I'm at home, I got my neighbors, my friend, my my family. Why would I go out of my way to talk to strangers when I'm on vacation? I don't know. Who am I going to talk to? Hey, how you doing, man? Where you from? Ah, India. Where you from? Ah, Cincinnati. Oh, great. Right close. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, (laughs) that is a headline of the New York Post. Americans talk to strangers more on vacation than at home. No kidding. All right. Uh, I can get down with that. Of course, the responses on Twitter are awesome, right? Because people, listen, this is true. Listen to this. Listen to this. Because people don't want to be accused of being racist for asking somewhere, asking someone where they are from. True story. 
Again, Radio One, we get bought. Urban Company, different from Emma's. Emma's owned by one dude, Jeff Smalley. Urban One is a corporation. It's not in Indianapolis. It's not a locally owned deal. It's out, I think, in Baltimore. So I am at, listen to this, I am at a uh, diversity training meeting where a guy actually asked me, are you the white boy that gets in all the trouble? That's the diversity training meeting that I went to, which was glorious. But anyway, uh, they told us, yeah, don't ask people where they're from because that implies that they're not from here. I go, huh? What? Huh? Yeah, can you believe that? So at Radio One, uh, which is a great company, I loved it, it was great, but that was part of the diversity training. Don't talk about shoes. Don't tell a woman you like her shoes. Don't say guys, hey guys, in emails or in discussion, you got to say folks. And ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, you, uh, you can't ask people from where they're from. Now, the Indy Star wrote an article that I got fired from Urban One. Truth of the matter is I had to make a choice. Work for OutKick where I could speak like this or work at Urban One, which I really liked. I like doing a radio show. But would you want to work there? You can't say guys. Folks, if they're so worried about that, if they're so worried about that, like, you know, so that's true. The, the, The guy saying that in here, that is an actual thing. If you ask somebody from where you are, they are from, hey, where are you from? Like, I may just ask you, guy, guy says, hey, uh, hey, Dan, how you doing? And I hear his accent, hey, man, where are you from? What, what part of Northwest Indiana? That's racist, according to Urban One and others. It's pretty funny, if you really think about it. It's pretty funny. But the guy that put that out there just now, that's, he's right. He's ab- Isn't it amazing? Don't you just go like this? You know what that is? That's called shaking your head. I shake my head at the world that we live in. But you can't just shake your head or it'll get dumber. I got to speak up. Uh, you can't say folks, you can't say nice shoes, and you can't say where you're from. All right. Okay. To be fair, I went on a Fox diversity thing, and I answered that everything was sexual harassment. I mean, I'm no fool. Uh, is this sexual harassment? Yeah, it is. I mean, middle-aged white guy, what am I going to say, right? Uh, all right, you guys don't. <laughs> if you ever want to know, and I'm not going to get into it here, all right, but if you ever want to know, maybe the most important insect in our world, it's bees. It's bees. I'm sorry, it's bees. Queen bees are arguably the most important insect in our world. They do so much. I'm not going to get into it, but a new story, a new study published in the journal Science on Thursday described the waggle dance at, between the queen bee and others is twerking. Honeybees have a signature waggle dance, and researchers had discovered how the insects learn. A new study published saying the ra- waggle dance of bees is a communication and it informs other bees where resources are located. The waggle dance can be learned culturally, touting it as one of the most complex known examples of non-human referential communication. In other words, it's created a lot of buzz. Ah, see what the New York Post did there? There you go. So the authors, Nia and 
me and Chinese Academies of Science, am I allowed to say Chinese Academy of Science? I mean, that's what it's named. They created colonies on the purpose of, dis of discovering why they twerk. And why they twerk is to tell the other bees where stuff is. Now, I got to tell you, it's freaking awesome. It's freaking awesome. And don't at me, people. It is absolutely 1,000% fantastic that we have to know why bees are twerking. Bees are important. Uh, Jennifer, I'm betting you know this. Very few people know this. But bees are unbelievably important. Uh, Dan, I don't view the world like DD or some of you here. Just be kind to others and don't say stupid stuff. Kind of simple. Jacob G., I will bet you that you do not live that way. One thing I have learned in this world, that people that say that don't live that way. See, that's how I live. I just call out things that need to be changed and fixed. I'm a coach. I teach. But that's the way I live my life on an everyday basis. But I guarantee you don't, Jacob. I, I thank you for being here. But I guarantee you, I'll bet you money. That, that it, like, it's like Seth Davis. Crappy article came out on me by, by an adulterer named Greg Doyle. Seth Davis reprinted it and said, this is spot on. Seth Davis doesn't know me. And then you know what his next tweet is? Just be kind. Frauds. That's why you guys gravitate towards me. Not a fraud. And we tell you about how bees twerk. What other show are you going to get a bee twerking? Right? I'm just saying. What other show? I'm just saying. There could be nuggets of truth, but just dismissed without reading. Yeah, okay. Yeah, whatever. All right, let's see here. Yeah, because whatever. Uh, let's see. Hang on, caller. This is my favorite. This is a statement from Atla American Athletic Conference Commissioner Mike Aresco. Mike's mad, Mike Aresco is, that the A-10 is not being referred to as a, quote, Power 5 conference. We're mad about that. So he goes on, and I don't know, can you scroll that? But look at this. Look at the length of this letter. You're seeing it kind of here. Uh, the American has four New Year's Day football wins. Blah, 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 blah. I'm just telling you. I mean, it is troubling to see media manufactured labels. Troubling. It's troubling. Really? Troubling? It's troubling to see media manufactured labels con confirmed by college sports leadership, which do not reflect the reality of college sports going forward. This creates a divide at five that should not exist and creates harmful effects. Documents have come recently to light that describe a Power 5 legislation initiative. That's the crap we worry about. We're worried about whether the media calls us a Power 5 league. That's the crap. That's why I love this show. I love being out of shows, or I love being out of just sports so you can make fun. Sports to me is hilarious. Like, one of the reasons I do not miss doing games is because I did not like talking to self-important coaches. Like, I like them personally, but when you talk them to professionally, you think they invented the frickin' wheel. Honest to God. And here's a guy, of all the crap, right, it is troubling Man, really? Troubling? I may be concerning, but troubling? 
Uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I, I guess. I mean, if you guys tell me it's troubling, then you know what I got to do? I got to go with troubling. But it seems to me it's not really that troubling. It seems to me that, you know what? It'll be all right. It'll be all right. Uh, can we play? I'd like to play the Matt Painter clip again. Hey, Dylan and Ryan, in my ear, let me know when you have it called up because it is the most important thing that a coach has said, the most significant thing that a coach has said in a long time. This is the season of awards, right? This is the season where you're going to be player of the year. You're going to be all conference. You're going to be national player of the year. This is the season. And I have always said, I'll never understand how I think it was 1987. Andre Dawson, my beloved Cubs, was a National League MVP and the Cubs came in last. Now, if you want to make outstanding player, fine. But MVP, I've always said, I'm going to vote for guys on all conference teams that win. Matt Painter put it very, very well. Let's listen to Coach Painter once again, as we work like crazy to educate the masses on A, 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 just win, baby. We got what we came for. Yeah. So, like, that's, that's fine. If they want to vote that way, they can vote that way. But, you know, nobody, everybody in our league and every player would trade positions to be where we are. You know, so that wasn't our goal. Our goal this year wasn't to be all-conference or coach of the year. Our goal was to win the Big Ten, and we did it, and we did it by three games. If people out there that vote don't value winning, it just shows you they don't know much about basketball. You know, but I, I do my voting, and it's, unless it's extreme, when it gets to the end for me, it's, it's, it's winning versus losing. You know, if you want to put somebody on an all-conference team, you know, that, that lost more than someone that wins, he better be considerably better than him. Because if it's close in the way I vote, I go with the guy that wins. I, I always just, that's what you play for. You don't play for awards. You play to win and the satisfaction of winning. And you shouldn't get off that. So, like I said earlier, like, you know, we got what we came for. You know, we came to get up the 25th Big Ten Championship. and we. That's exactly right. I mean, that is it. And we get so caught up now in the right side of the media or the social media influence or all of the stuff that is ancillary to winning. And, you know, it's not changing, right? It it, it is not changing. There's nothing going to change about it, right? There's nothing in this whole little uh, uh, deal that is going to change the fact that social media impact is greater than winning to a lot of people. Or that you're going to have, well, I got to celebrate because it's more than basketball. You know, the truth of the matter is, and, and one of our guys in Indiana, Trace Jackson Davis, says, well, you know, it's more than basketball, and I would argue it's not more. What, what is it? Because nobody would care even a little bit about any guys uh, if it was just basketball. If it was just basketball, if it was so much about basketball, nobody would really care. I mean, let me give you an example. So these two little twins, right, they go and they're making millions of dollars and they're really popular and they're great and blah, 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 blah. The team's all right. Not great. But it doesn't matter. Winning isn't a thing to the whatever the twins, Cavenders or whatever they are. They got their stuff. See, 
I am old school and old school is fine. And I understand that people in my age group screwed our children. Not me, not I. My kids were raised kind of tough. My kids caught a lot of hell. My kids got spanked. Very proud to say it. My kids can handle things now. But we live in a world that's so superficial. We live in a world where glorifying just participating and not winning. And I think it's crap. And Matt Painter said it perfectly. The satisfaction of winning. You know, I ask coaches all the time, and, and, and Bo Ryan, I did an interview with him, and I knew the answer, but it's not the real answer. Now, you know, coaches all say, well, you know, what I really miss is the development of young men, blah, blah, blah. And that's great, but it's not true. It's not true. That's a fun part, but you know what you miss? The satisfaction of winning when you don't coach. It's the only thing. Guys are going to give you the right answer. Every coach will look at you. Bo did it with me the other day, and Give me this soliloquy on developing guys. And yeah, okay, great. But the truth of the matter is everybody involved wants the satisfaction of winning. Now, these guys got themselves zillions of dollars. These guys are, hey, good for them. But you know who I like? I like Montana Faust. Montana Faust making about a million dollars as a pitcher at Alabama. Softball pitch. It's the only good thing about Alabama lately. Montana Fouts is competing every day. She's All-American every day. Her team gets a national chance. These two? Yeah. All right. Team's 19 and 11. Yeah. Bounced out. Six seed. Yeah. How important is winning? I don't know. I don't know. And look, don't at me about women's sports because if we're going to treat everybody equal, don't we treat everybody equal then? But what Matt Painter said right there was genius. What Matt Painter said is absolutely right, and it goes again. At Indiana University, there she is. She's my favorite NCAA athlete because she's like a four-time All-American. She's friends with my stepdaughter. She's been to our house. She's freaking awesome. I had to jump in a smelly pond because I lost at a game of 1-10 to or something that they hooked up against me. So I had to jump in a pond at like midnight, and I stunk for a week. But the truth of the matter is she competes every single day at the highest level. She's not out there, you know, she puts pictures. She has a clothing. She's not out there dressing skimpily so she can get some guys, perverts, to look at them and pay. No. She's out there working, and I like it. I don't begrudge anybody. I don't begrudge anybody for doing it. I don't begrudge the Cavender twins, Olivia Dunn. I think everybody, make your money. But if you can do it and you win at a high level... That's Montana Files. Huge fan. Massive fan. I'm no fan of, like, Indiana. Let me take it to the guy's side now. So, Indiana, I'm watching TV the other day. Race Thompson is doing a commercial. That's great. I like the fact that he's making money. I, but I don't like the fact that he's crying on the court when he gets hit in the knee. I don't like the fact that he can't make free throws late. Like, I like winning. If you win, make all the money you can. Hell, make it all anyway. But what are you really trying to do in your career? What are you really trying to do? Matt Painter said it. Uh, Montana Fouts lives it. It's all about winning. Isn't about my brand. It's about winning. And the brand will come if you're smart. Or maybe it's about your brand and you get bounced out of tournaments. I don't know. And maybe I'm being totally unfair. But God dang. Did that hit me? And I did want to say something nice about Alabama, by the way. Because I really like Pat Murphy. Got a chance to meet Pat. And I know he's a fan of the show. And I love Montana Fouts. And I love watching softball. 
So all those things, I wanted to say something nice about Alabama as we get Trey Wallace because I feel like all I've done is rip Alabama and I had one of the great experiences of my life at Alabama with my daughter and my wife. So I snuck Montana Fouts in there, unbeknownst to Ryan and unbeknownst to Dylan, because, daggone, I love the place. I did. I love the place. But you got to win. All right? Um, I am going to talk about, and I have a different opinion than my friend David Hookstead and maybe Trey Wallace. Trey Wallace has an article because of what happened at Alabama, because of what happened with Brandon Miller and the tragic events um, that occurred, a lot of coaches have been asked about their, quote, gun policy. Now, I'm not going to lie to you. I got done coaching in 2008, and I'm not sure I ever had a gun policy. I don't think I did. (laughs) I know I didn't. I had a policy that, hey, look, you get involved with injuring a woman, you're done. Do drugs, you're done. We live in a small town here, and we're going to represent not only our school, not only yourself, not only your high school, but our town. And we're not having drug guy, and we're not having abuse guy on our team. Now, I didn't have a, I didn't have a gun policy. Some have. And we'll talk about that when we come back. Like, are businesses now having a gun policy? I'll tell you why I asked that. Because I remember when I was working in the Emmis building downtown, I, I just happened to see it. Two things struck me. One, there became a policy on an active shooter. And two, all of a sudden there were signs about no firearms in the building. Now, if you go to St. Sava Serbian Orthodox Church in Crown Point, Indiana, you know, a church has the front door. It's a beautiful church. I mean, steeples and the whole deal, man. Orthodox know how to build a church. My dad's Serbian, so that makes me half serve. all right? If you go there, right there next to the door, here's the door right there. No guns, no this, no that. Like, wow. Now, does it matter you got this? Of course not. But it is fascinating that now coaches have to have a gun policy. It is fascinating. We'll come back. We'll talk to Trey Wallace, who is at the SEC tournament next. That's it. I got to take a break. We'll be right back with more on Don't At Me across the Outkick Network. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more. Right now, save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. SEC, SEC tournament basketball is going on. Uh, lots to get to, including Brandon Miller speaks, gun policy among coaches, Trey Wallace, our man at the SEC tournament, our man in and around Alabama joins. I, I said this, I was a head coach uh, 10 and a half years 
And I had two rules. One, well, I had a couple rules. One, don't embarrass me, your family. No gun. I didn't, no, no, not no guns. I said, I, you beat a woman, you hit a woman, you abuse a woman, you're done. There's non-negotiable. You do drugs, you're done. Now, I got done in 2008. I never had a gun policy, but maybe I should have, Trey. I mean, walk me through all this. Yeah, it was, uh, it was uh, good morning to you. It, it was an interesting uh, second day, technically, of the SEC tournament. Um, lots of questions, you know, and, we, and Dan, we kind of knew this was going to happen. You know, once teams started getting to Nashville and there's different media outlets, you know, that, that, that are covering the event that maybe aren't in Tuscaloosa, um, we, you know, there were, there were going to be questions that were going to be asked by other coaches around the conference. And I, I, I think that, you know, besides Mississippi State coach Chris Jans, and I, and I know we'll, we'll get into that, you know, I, I thought we had some pretty decent answers, especially from Rick Barnes, where where he came out, you know, like he was asked, you know, they're, they're all being asked, you know, about gun policy on the team. What does that mean? Uh, what do you allow? Um, and Rick Barnes, you know, from Tennessee, he came out and hit the question straight ahead. You know, he, he said, look, we, we don't allow guns, period. First off, you know, don't touch a woman domestically. Don't don't put your hands on a woman, period. And then uh, then he came back with it when, in saying that, look, we, we have a policy on our basketball team saying that no guns are allowed. I don't you know, don't care if you have a, a permit to carry uh um, we just we don't allow them around our program. And, uh, you know, he went on to, to say, Dan, that, you know, it's a university policy as well. But, you know, th- this is something that he is, is saying straight up that, that it comes, you know, from him. And, and I think that was a um, an answer maybe that I, I wasn't expecting him to go full on into, you know, what they do within the basketball program. But I will say that um, I give him credit for for hitting the answer. You know, Dan, I, I look at Bruce Pearl. Bruce Pearl, you know, he, he didn't skirt around it, but he did, you know, he said, look, we, we have things that we talk about within the program every day with our student athletes. And, you know, and, and you know, this one of them is going to be, you know, uh, uh, the gun rules on the team and, and what we expect of you as a student athlete. Um, I thought Eric Musselman, Dan, had a, a, a good answer in a sense of, look, like we, we prohibit like guns, but it's a state law. It's a state policy, you know, so pretty much saying, you know, if you have the right to carry, you can carry, but you can't do it technically on the campus or against campus policy. So I, I, I do think, and, and, and a couple of the coaches were talking, but I do think that they, they hit it. And I, and I think that they did a good job of trying to express themselves, um, you know, but, you, but you look at it, and we're about to get four new teams here in Nashville today, Dan. You know, uh, the, the guys that haven't been here, guys that haven't been in front of the podium uh, since uh, since this thing started. So I expect more answers. I, I expect at least, you know, they're going to get asked the question. And that's going to start today. Uh, here in about three hours, Alabama is going to take the court here in Nashville to kick things off. Uh, quarterfinal Friday. Uh, and then you're going to have, you know, Tennessee, Missouri after that. And tonight you're going to have A&M and Kentucky's playing as well against Vanderbilt. So I, I thought it was a um, – look, this is a this is a topic of discussion, and that's why there are so many national media outlets like myself uh, here in town in, in Nashville. And uh, it's all about, you know, being able to, to cover the tournament, but also, you know, 
everybody knows what the, the, the backdrop of this tournament is. And Greg Sankey will speak tonight uh, at 5.30 Central Time. He will hold a press conference tonight. We'll see if he gets into that, Dan. I imagine somebody's going to ask the question, and we'll see what comes up with, with his answer. <laughs> you mentioned Chris Jans. I can't remember if it was Jans or Greg Hired. And Greg just got fired at uh, New Mexico State following Jans that I told Hey, look, I don't know what you idiots are doing with transcripts when they were the head coach at Chipola, but I ain't going to jail for you idiots because I was recruiting a kid from there. It's fascinating. There's no way Jans has any gun policy. There's no way Jans has anything, and he's a media darling. But that dude, honest to God, he, he gets fired at Bowling Green for getting handsy in bars when he's a married man. He goes out to New Mexico State and sets the culture that eventually gets the program shut down and now he's a media darling. Just win, baby. So I'm not shocked even a little bit that Jans had no idea, didn't want to discuss, because I guarantee you Chris Jans don't care even a little bit about it. You know, as, as a coach, though, and I guess I can throw this back to you in that situation, you know, when, when you look at, you know, when you're, when, okay, you're coming off a win after a game um, and, and you're sitting at that podium and you look, you, you know the SIDs have, have told you that, hey, look, expect something to come up. Maybe somebody ask a question uh, about this situation. But in your mind, do you, you know, and I'm asking you this, like, do you think, you know, after something like that, maybe you're not expecting a question to come across as like what gun policy is for your team? And that's why you give an yeah. answer to that? Because when he said, you know, when he said, I don't really know, that's a good question. I didn't take that as like a smart ass answer. I no. kind of took it as oh, I, I kind of took it as maybe he doesn't know the campus policy on it, but I'm sure he has something with the team. I'm just you know no the, he doesn't. You know, I, I, I I okay. I, I just didn't I didn't I didn't no know if I wanted to chance. throw like Chris Jans into the deep end for a question yeah. that maybe was thrown yeah. at him immediately after the win. You're mature, I'm immature, but I know the lay of the land. Hey, man, that, it maybe he does. Maybe he does, but no chance. Uh, yeah, anyway. I'm kind of you're agreeing mature. with you. Like, he knows you're what's... You're mature. You're yeah. mature. I am not. I am a child, okay? I. You have a vocabulary. Yeah. You are, but I... I and, and besides, he was dumb enough at Bowling Green... Uh, to a bunch of Urban Meyer and my friends, Rip Urban Meyer and I. So screw Chris Jans. How about that? There we go. All right. Oh, we'll roll with that. All okay, right. that's a good way to start. Yeah, until we'll, Friday. We'll, just, we'll just. Hey, Brandon Miller spoke. Uh, what did you think? I thought that he said what he had to say, and I thought that he was not. Look, he he. There's a reason why. I'm going to just lay this out there for people. There was a reason why he spoke on Wednesday in Tuscaloosa uh, before they got to Nashville for the SEC tournament. The reason why is now when he is asked the question today following the game, if he's made – and by the way, locker rooms are open. So Alabama is probably going to have to put him at the podium today uh, because if not, 
all me or any of the other reporters have to do is walk into the locker room and we can talk to him. They can't just make him unavailable. Um, I, I think that his statement on Wednesday set up what you're going to hear today, Dan. And I mean that in a sense of now he can go back and say, well, I've already talked about this. I've kind of already given a statement. Um, I'm not going to get much more into detail. I can't legally talk, talk about it more. Um, I, I, I thought that, look, I, I thought when he was sitting at the podium, he sounded sincere, okay? He, he did. He, 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 it's not like it's lost on this kid what happened, you know, back in, in, that, in that horrible, tragic situation, okay? But for them to put Brandon Miller up there with Nate Oates on a Wednesday afternoon before they head down here to Nashville or head up here to Nashville, however way you look at it, I thought it was a strategic plan that will probably end up working out in their favor. And I and I thought, look, he, he can't obviously he can't get into a long-winded answer. He can't talk about what went on at the scene. But I will say that overall, he's setting himself up for more questions, and they're going to come. Either they're going to come in, in, at the NCAA tournament, they're going to come today, and he's going to have to give you know, the regular old answer that he gave on Wednesday, um, which is fine because whatever, you can't talk about it. But when NBA folks start asking you questions about this in the next month, you better be able to give something better than that. And and if and you know this, Dan, you know, when, when the NBA folks get around, they're going to hit you hard. They want to know what we're investing millions of dollars into. And if that's the only answer you can give me, man, that's not going to work out well. Um, so got to think, I think the, 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 his, his lawyers have to figure out something better when it comes to, uh, how to, to go at this question. And I think they will over time, but you know, again, I haven't had much of a problem with the Brandon Miller thing of him not talking because really, what is he going to say? I've had a problem right. with how the university of Alabama and Nate Oates and the communication department have painted this picture over the last two months that's what's bothered me more than brandon miller not being able to talk i mean what what's he really gonna be able to say in an open investigation yeah the only thing brandon miller can do is screw up you know what i mean like it's the only thing he can do by talking right yeah he, he can't what you're gonna put yourself into a a, a worse situation by you know, getting up there at the microphone and continuing to just, you know, kind of, you know, babble. And th- and that's not something you want to do. And that's something that he's been told not no. to do. But, a, but, but again, we, how long have we been talking about this story? This story has been going on since the day it happened, the tragic situation that happened in Tuscaloosa. Um, we've been talking about this story nationally when his first, when his name came up all of a sudden, and I'm telling you again, I'm going back to this. It was strategically planned for him to talk on Wednesday where he can deflect that now to his answer. So, I, you know, I, he doesn't need to say much more because I don't think he can legally. Um, but I will say that uh, the and I wrote this Alabama's communications department finally did something right by putting him up there and letting him at least have something out there and talking. I, I just think it's a. 
it's good. It's going to be an interesting atmosphere today in Nashville. And, and I think the post game press conference, when you get around a bunch of different writers that are not in Tuscaloosa, the question's going to be asked eight different times. I'm curious to see if he gives the same answer. You know, those eight questions. I, I, I would expect him to kind of veer off maybe just a little bit. Hey, uh, you mentioned Greg Sankey is going to talk today. Is this the first time he's really going to speak publicly since the, you know, the Nate Oates stuff really blew up with Brandon Miller? And he's had a couple of interviews and whatnot, Dan. We had him on uh, the, the Trey Wallace podcast. That was something that was not going to be talked about, uh, not on my end. Um, and, and I think that he's he's had the opportunity. The SEC Network had him on stage three different times yesterday at the, at their whatever you call it their 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 stage pregame postgame setup. Um, the question was not asked. I can promise you tonight at five thirty Central yeah. Time, the question is going to be asked uh, by one of us that are there, and I'm very curious to see what his answer is going to be. Uh, maybe he deflects back to the university, uh, university policy, the SEC. But somebody is going to ask, you know, did was the SEC involved in this process at any time? Um, I'm very curious to see what that answer is going to be. I'm on the court. LSU, in a gambling sense, is the gift that keeps on giving. They lost yesterday, which is unfortunate. Uh, well, fortunate because I won. Vanderbilt looks okay. Jerry Stackhouse, coach of the year. Alabama, as you mentioned, they go today. Um, why is or what makes Vandy pretty good? What, what's been the kind of the key to the turnaround? They lost Scottie Pippen Jr. to the NBA, but pretty good squad right now. I mean, let's not forget, Dan, they lost Liam Robbins. I mean, their center, their go-to yeah. guy, three minutes to the Kentucky game. And what did they do? They ended up beating Kentucky at, at Rupp. Uh, they, you know, they turn around and beat, a, a, in my opinion, a pretty decent Mississippi State team in Nashville. I mean, Dan, this is a team that has won nine out of ten games. This is Vanderbilt. So, in my opinion, one of the hottest teams, if not the hottest team besides Alabama, entering the SEC tournament. And I know that's crazy to say when it comes to Vanderbilt and Jerry Stackhouse because of the way that they started the season. But, Dan, this is – if they can beat Kentucky tonight, they, in my opinion, should be in the NCAA tournament. If they can beat Kentucky in Nashville in front of the Blue Mist, which is going to be 18,000 Kentucky fans in this arena tonight, in my opinion, they, they should be in the tournament. I think Jerry Stackhouse has done a really good job of rolling with what he has at the moment. And when you lose your star player, when you lose – you're a big man, it changes your game up completely. You know that better than I do. So when we're when we're when we're sitting here tonight and we're talking about this, if they can somehow pull this thing off, I think they deserve to get in. I know it would make a lot of SEC fans happy to see Kentucky gone because tickets are probably be cheaper to get in as well. Uh, but just the overall fact of this, you know, kudos to Jay Stackhouse for turning that program around pretty quick this season. We'll see if he can do it again next year, but, uh, you know, I don't know. There's a lot of North Carolina fans that are saying, wait a minute, do we need to make a change here and go get Stackhouse right now? Ooh. Or do we kind of hang around with Hubert Davis? I'm just throwing it out there. I'm telling you. 
Get out. Hubert Davis just went to the national championship game. You guys are tough. It just means more in Alabama. He went to the national oh. championship game last I year. Know he did. I, I know he did. I'm just mad. Look, we see me. North Carolina fans. We see North Carolina fans go crazy on social media and whatnot. And uh, I saw a couple of them last night. You know, oh, let's go get Stackhouse right now. It's uh, look, it, it ain't Stackhouse is not ready for North Carolina. Uh, but you know, I, I will say that uh, done a good job here, man. We got a we got a great slate of games today. Great slate of games around the country. Um, we'll see how Alabama handles the pressure, man. They're coming here as the one. You know, can Mississippi State do something? And then, you know what I'm looking at? Dennis Gates, Missouri. Let's see what's going on there. If they can knock off Tennessee, I can see them making a run towards Sunday. It's going to be a fascinating day in Nashville. You know what's fascinating? Uh, And how do I put this? Uh, Cal Perry has a really good recruiting class coming in next year, right? I mean, it's what everybody says. But here's the deal. I said this after last year. At the end of last year, I said, you know what? It feels like Kentucky has lost momentum in their program. And momentum in your program, any coach will tell you, is massive. I mean, massive. This year has done nothing to regain, to this point, Trey, to regain that momentum, including a loss to Vandy. If they lose tonight, look, I understand you can still make a run in the NCAA tournament and all that. But if they lose tonight, Trey, woo! I'm telling you, brother, I'm telling you, there are going to be 17,000 pissed off Kentucky fans if they have to exit the tournament on a Friday. And if they also, by the way, lose to Vanderbilt, a team that came in the rough, what, a week ago. We we talked about this before, that can – Kentucky fans are agitated, you know, after that other loss was, you know, a week and a half ago. You lose tonight in what is known. This is this is the cat zone. Bridgestone Arena is a home game for Kentucky. You lose tonight, they got problems. So, I, you know, this whole season has been weird for Kentucky. You know, without maybe Casey Wallace, you know, Savia Wheeler not playing, C.J. Frederick still trying to come back from an injury. You know, he, he got some minutes last weekend, but I'm just telling you, Calipari, there were a lot of talk. Kentucky fans earlier in the season were like, hey, okay, go to Austin, Texas. Go coach the Longhorns. You lose tonight, and then you lose in the NCAA tournament, man, there's going to be some people calling for him to leave that job. I'm telling you. I mean, and it's weird because now all of a sudden, you know how the list goes. Well, you haven't been to the Final Four since. Uh you know, you told us that draft choices were the most important. Well, we used to dominate the ACC or the uh, SEC. I, it, again, I just you you just kind of you feel it, and you never feel like what. Well, look, Kentucky win by twenty tonight, and they can go win the tournament. I think everybody believes they can win the tournament, but if not, all right. Last last thing, in your opinion. Um, Tennessee got themselves a win. We've already talked about Vanderbilt. Mississippi State got by. We talk about Kentucky. Uh, Texas A&M's been really good. Is Alabama the best team right now? I'm not talking about, you know, this isn't the NCAA tournament and the full body of work. I'm talking about how they're playing 
right this moment, where they're at with injuries, where they're at with their team. Is Alabama the best? If not, who might be? Are you talking about in Nashville or you talking about in the country? Right now in Nashville, the be- SEC tournament. I'm sorry, SEC tournament. I think they're the best team in the SEC tournament just because of, you know, you 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 throw in Quinterly along with Brandon Miller. I think that they have this one-two punch combination um, that has been able to get them through the season and, and, and win games that you would think not. But look, let me, let me tell you this. And I look, they are, in my opinion, the best team right now. But if Brandon Miller comes out today and, and, and Mississippi State holds him to 10 points or they figure out a way to double team him and make something happen, what that's going to do is go put it on, you know, Quinterly, Nate Oates, going to have to figure out a way to, another way to play offense. So I, yeah, they're okay. Yeah, they're, they're, they're the best team in the SEC tournament. That don't mean nothing right now. Nothing. One of these teams that is playing today can knock Alabama off tomorrow or Sunday and keep them from winning the SEC tournament championship. I, I, I do feel like, I, like if we're looking at paper, Dan, it's an easy question. Like, yeah, okay, Alabama, the best team here in Nashville. Um, but I will say, any team that's playing today, besides Vanderbilt, because Vanderbilt got beat by 67 points by them about, about a month and a half ago. Um, I will say any team that's playing today can beat Alabama. Tennessee has proven they can beat Alabama. Um, I, I just feel like, you know, Texas A&M is playing well under buzz. Dan, don't be surprised if we get a Crimson Tide upset here in Nashville and they have to start planning for March Madness. I agree. I agree. I think all the crap around and now, uh, you know, questions and you're talking. I just think it's hard because other teams don't have that. I think they're in for a heck of a game this afternoon. I, I, I really do. Appreciate you, my friend. Enjoy the tournament. It should be a great environment, man. It always is. Brother, I look forward to it, man. Thanks for having me on. And uh, we'll have all the coverage here from Nashville at Outkick.com. And uh, my man, continue doing your thing, brother. I love it. Thanks, Trey. Uh, don't forget the Trey Wallace podcast. You saw it right there. They just put it up. I hope we go back to it, the Trey Wallace podcast. He gets the big name. He does, man. Greg Sankey's on there and others. There it is, Outkick. New episodes weekly. Just go to Outkick.com. Look it up, Trey Wallace podcast. All right. Um, when we come back, there's a couple of things I want to get into. Uh, Haley is going to join us. Um, I also, well, I can do it right now. Indiana and Purdue fans, you got a big game today. Noon is the Purdue-Rutgers game. Now, I watched Rutgers yesterday, and Rutgers dismantled in the second half. Man, they dismantled a pretty good Michigan team. In fact, a Michigan team that was playing for its life but looked really disorganized. Rutgers is going to be Rutgers. Now, understand this, Purdue. You got beat at home by Rutgers. You've had a week. You've basically played one game in two weeks, maybe two games in three weeks, and everybody's telling you how good you are. Everybody's patting you on the back. That's the most dangerous thing in college sports. It is app. I mean, and there may not be a second. It's literally that dangerous. I always said this is what Coach Knight did. Coach Knight's best move, absolute best move, was to make you move on to the next game immediately. 
And that's really hard in this day and age, even more so because, let's be honest, in my day, you'd get pumped by being on the court or somebody might write an article on you, people see you on TV, but it ain't like now where you can interact with folks. It isn't like now where you can become a brand name star. So I got to tell you, I got to tell you, going to be interesting. Rutgers, you see guy, uh, tough, well coached, went through a bad stretch. I think Purdue's going to win. And this is the time, is it not? This is the time where I give you my parlay. I will let you, right now, go get a pen and paper. And here's what we say. Do not, do not hit me with, well, that's really going out on a limb, Dockage. Uh, Currently, ladies and gentlemen, for the month, let me see, we are up $3,400 for the month. For the year, we're up over five grand when I changed my betting tactics January 1st. So I don't want to hear, uh, Donkic, you, you, uh, uh, you, 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 you're really going out on a limb. Here's what I got. I got a plus money parlay. It's plus money. And I don't necessarily love this. Now, remember, two days ago when I gave you the easiest parlay ever, North Carolina over Boston, I mean, we won money. But here it is today. One of the best teams in the country is Florida Athletic. Dusty May's done a great job. Done a great, great, great job. All right, fantastic. No question. When we come back, I'll give you the parlay. Tell your friends, we're making money. I want to go to break. That's called a tease. I mentioned Florida Atlantic. They're in the parlay. Who else is? We'll be right back. We'll be right back. Got to take a short break here. We are rolling with Don't At Me, and you don't want to miss it. Stay tuned. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. ladies and gentlemen, it is time for our daily NCAA parlay. Here's what I do, okay? Last year I started this. I want to take my wife on a nice vacation. Two years ago I lost four grand just betting willy-nilly. And I made it up in door dashing. People made fun of me, but they're of low character. Last year I said, all right, I'm going to change it. I did it. We won four grand back. Actually, we won $4,010, so I'm up 10. This year I decided all betting, including football, was going to change, and it started January 1st. Right now I'm up over $5,000. i am going to take my wife on a nice vacation at some point, probably do the show from Portugal or somewhere like that. But anyway, so now the latest, and we lose some. Obviously nobody's undefeated, and I basically call it my third job. I bet all day as I watch games on college basketball. But I give you a parlay that I like. Here's the parlay that I like, and this has nothing, zero, zip, to do with who I like as a human being coaching, who I like as um, 
players, parents, because I know a lot of them, this is simply about who I think is going to win on the money line. I don't want to sweat out a spread. Last night, I got screwed because I really knew, I knew Utah State was going to win. I parlayed them with USC, and I did what I like to do, which is wake up, go to the bathroom, and check my phone as I'm doing number one for the 10th time at night. Anyway, having said that, here's the deal. I lost last night. USC crapped the bed. Arizona State with Danny or Bobby Hurley won, and good for them, but today... Today is going to start with Purdue. I am going to take Purdue over Rutgers. I'm not in love with this parlay, and I may give you another one before the show is over. But I think Purdue is going to avenge this loss. Rutgers played last night, which you can make the point is a, I don't know, is an advantage, disadvantage. That's always up for debate. Doesn't matter to me. I'm taking Purdue. I'm also taking Florida Athletic. Florida Athletic should be in the NCAA tournament, whether they win the Conference USA title or not. They're 722-2. and two. I mean, they've won more games than they have since. Dusty May was a manager in Indiana. I don't really remember him. I remember him enough. I remember him being around. But anyway, next thing you know, he's got a great program going at Florida Atlantic. They take on my boy here, Dylan's uh, uh, East uh, Middle Tennessee State team. Last time they played, I actually watched the end of the game. It was a really good game. Uh, so this is, again, this is not like, hey, we're going to route here like the first week. And then the third one, I'm going with Alabama. I'm going with Alabama. I think Alabama is going to win this game. I think Alabama will have enough at the end. Chris Jans' team struggled last night with a bad Florida team. They ended up getting the win. Remember, Florida's without Castleton. We shall see what we shall see. By all accounts, Purdue got themselves energized. Let me go back to Purdue Rutgers. They got themselves energized by starting Brandon Newman. I said earlier that once Kaufman ran and Brandon Newman get going, it's a whole different dimension. The only problem is Brandon Newman's been a bit of a whiner and Kaufman Wren's a weird dude. They don't win with weird dudes. He's a weird dude. Now, Brandon uh, Newman, uh, by all accounts, struggled with his lack of playing time. But I'll give Brandon Newman credit, man. That kid lost his dad, a former Chicago police officer, to COVID when COVID started. That would be unbearable to me at that age. Hell, I barely could handle it at 50 years old. So Brandon Newman has been dealing with that, but him starting now has been a shot in the arm to the athleticism, to the shooting, to the intelligence, just to the team. It's just like, all right. And it's deep in the team because you can play them a little heavier minutes. So I do worry about Alabama today. I do. I worry about Alabama today because Alabama is dealing with stuff that teams just don't have to deal with. They don't. All of a sudden, Brandon Miller has got to talk. See, for Brandon Miller, it wasn't real. He could hide, like all of us do, in his dorm, with his teammates, with his buddies, get off social media, which he did. But all of a sudden, you're getting asked these questions in front of a press conference. And yes, it was on Wednesday, but it's only Friday now. I mean, it's not like this is three weeks from now. It's going to be a tough one today, but I think they're good enough. So again, don't at me about, well, Dawkins, you know what, man? You're really going out on We don't go out on limbs. I mean, if you want to win this bet, it's plus 131. I bet 100 to win 231.37. And if we win that, maybe we go out on a limb. I don't know, but we try to win here. That's kind of what we try to do here at the Dan Dockich 
Gambling Institute. I'll tell you the other thing that I'm doing. I'm betting on Indiana today. Indiana got absolutely boot-stomped last time they played Maryland. Maryland did not look good to me yesterday. They beat a Minnesota team that is horrendous. And you know what? Last two times I've looked at Maryland, I thought they're just okay. I think Indiana's in a good spot here. I think Indiana has some energy. Indiana has had a few days off. Uh, they have uh, they are rested. I think Indiana is going to win. It's only a one-point spread, but I'm going to bet a lot. Let me put it to you this way. The game is at 9 o'clock tonight, and if this game goes south on me, if this game is one of those games that's like, huh, I, or the day goes south on me, like, man, I'm really struggling. Like, man, guess what? I am going to put all my eggs in the Indiana basket. People say I don't like Indiana. People say I hate Indiana. Nothing could be farther from the truth. I love Indiana. Absolutely love it. It's where I am. It's who I am. And it's who I've always been. But I got to tell you, you got to win. And this is a big couple of weeks for the beloved Hoosiers. It just is. So that's what I'm taking. Now, there's going to be some others as we go along. And I'm going to give you one more. I'm going to keep, and I, I think I'm going to keep Florida Atlantic in the parlay. I, here's how I do parlays. I take one team that I know is going to win, and that's Florida Atlantic. That's how I look at it. They got a big number, plus 500. That's not an undoable number. I'm going to parlay that with Michigan State. I think Michigan State beats Ohio State today. Then I'm going to look for a third and that third game is going to be Cincinnati over Temple. So that's another parlay that I am going to do. Cincinnati, money line over Temple. The game's at 3. 2.30 or whatever, it starts after the first game. Michigan State takes on Ohio State. And then Florida Atlantic over Middle Tennessee State. But here's the kicker. Here's where all my friends are starting to call me like every day now all day during the day, when if I'm going to watch the game, Middle Tennessee State and Florida Atlantic. Middle Tennessee starts beating Florida Atlantic, got to make a decision. Is it time to live bet? We make a lot of money live betting. Yesterday, we took out too much money, DoorDash money, when Xavier was down to start the second half. I watched the start of the second half. Xavier jumped off, excuse me, Marquette. Marquette, we bet Xavier too. Marquette jumped, here's how you bet. Marquette jumped all over, all over uh, St. John's in the second half. But I waited because here's what you got to look for. We jump all over you. You're not going to go away because you're playing well. And then what happens with Xavier? Xavier was down 10 and a half. They jumped all over St. John's to start the second half. Okay? They jumped all over. St. John's came back. So now I'm waiting. One bucket, buy, say, uh, buy uh, Marquette, and I'm going to bet Marquette. They get a bucket. The number is plus 140. I can show this to you if you don't believe. I decided, you know what, this is my big bet of the day. This is the one. So I decided to take $500, and I put it, ladies and gentlemen, I did. I put it on Marquette down seven. Money line. I didn't need any points. Nothing I need. I did not need it. Well, guess what? 
oh man, I'm running around the house. I'm out of my mind. I'm psychotic. The world is nuts. I don't know what to do. I'm going crazy. But it won. And I hit for 1,200. I don't know what to tell you. Now, people can say I'm lying, but I'm looking for it right here. Uh, I only have $3 in my account because I always take it out. But there it is right there. 1,200. I don't know what to tell you. Every once in a while, you got to have the big cojones. Every once in a while, you got to have the stones. Every once in a while, you got to jump up and down, stand on your head, and crap snowballs. Every once in a while, you got to play hard. And we played hard yesterday for a little bit. So there you go. That's where, <laughs> that's where we're at with it. I hope you join us in making money. Hey, I did the same thing with Xavier yesterday, too. They were down. I'm watching. I'm like, ah, no, 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 yes. And we won a bunch of money. We're up $3,500, $3,400 off of the last uh, in May, in March, just because of this. All right. Uh, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back. We got some TikTok videos from Haley. Is that, That's what we want to do, right? We want to get her set up. We want to get her going. And uh, Haley Caronia, I never say her name right, huh? We're going to take a quick break, get Haley set up, and then you're going to vote on the best three. There's three TikTok videos, and I'm going to go to the YouTube chat, and you guys are going to vote who is the best. You know what time it is. 15 minutes to go, and uh, the prettiest and most handsome people currently in media are together (laughs) on the screen as one, ladies and gentlemen. Don't at me about it either, people. I don't want to hear it. How are you, Haley? I'm good. We definitely have the best hair. You definitely have the best <laughs> hair. <laughs> hey, uh, let's go. What do we got here? All right, we just have three TikToks today. We're doing the battle. We're getting right into it. So, Dylan, cue up the first one. I've officially found the most liberal car in New York City. Ukraine, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, Black Lives Matter, Biden-Harris. And the birds know what they're doing. Yay, pigeons. Even the birds are Trump supporters. Um, I gotta ask you. Yeah. Here's the deal, Haley. Looks can be deceiving because is she making fun of the car yes. or is she celebrating the car, right? She is making fun of the car. Because she says at the end the birds yeah. know what they're doing because there's bird poop all over that car. I'm not a big bumper sticker person ever. Um, in the wise, wise words of Kim Kardashian, you don't put a bumper sticker on a Bentley. Um, that was She meant that in reference to tattoos. But I don't like bumper stickers on cars either. Um, I don't like the stick figure families. I don't want baby on board. I don't care. I don't care what you have going on. I don't care what your family looks like. Don't want to see it. Um, but the comments on this video are so funny. People are like, my ex-mother-in-law still has an Obama sticker and an I'm with her sticker on her car. Ex-mother-in-law, I feel like that, that commenter made the right choice there. Um, as a Ukrainian, I don't understand what the Ukrainian sticker has to do with anything. Interesting take there. And then even the birds are Trump supporters. The pigeons understood the assignment. 
You know what, though? If you get pooped on by a bird, that is good luck for you. Did you know that? No, it's not. That's just what they say. They say that to make people feel better. They say rain on your wedding day to make you feel better. <laughs> These are all things to just, like, sugarcoat it. It's a terrible thing. It's a terrible thing, and they just try to make you feel better. It's not. It's not good luck. <laughs> it's actually bad I'm luck. A, I... <laughs> The uh, the announcer, the uh, radio broadcaster, he's a legend in Indiana, Mark Boyle, has been to my house numerous times for parties and things. And not once, but twice has he been pooped on at my house. Two wow. times. And he's not a lucky guy. He, he He's like, uh, I'd, I'd equate him more to a skinny Peter Griffin. No, that's not true. He's just not a lucky guy, so... All right, I like that one, but I didn't see it coming. I saw the hair. I, I'm going to tell you, looks do tell a story. Don't judge And I a was book. wrong. I was judging a book. I was, I was judging a book <laughs> by the cover right there. There you go. It's a good lesson. All right, let's see the next one. Yeah. Oh, oh no. I hope a big old turkey with a really long beard doesn't find all this corn I spilled. So this guy, obviously, I'm assuming this is a some kind of hunting trap. But I'm a Yankee, so I don't really know much about this. I'm going to have Dylan uh, school me on the, the hunting stuff. Yeah, I, I got to. I, I, all right. Can I equate it to my own sorry life? I, I, I have a I'm 100 years old. And I have one of those pill dispensers Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, mm -hmm. Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Last two weeks, when I went to fill it up, and I got a lot. I'm doing, I, I'm doing this thing for to stop whatever. I spilled them and pills everywhere. Two straight times. I feel this guy's pain, but I'm not really digging the video. I'm not gonna lie to you, Haley. I'll tell you when I like him. Ah, that one to me, we could have done better than that, don't you think? Listen, I don't even understand it because I don't hunt. So that's what I'm saying. I need Dylan to like really school us on this one. But all right, we'll we'll let the chat decide. It's not up to us. It's up I, I, to let's the just chat. do this. Let, 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 <laughs> it's a it's a it's a big fat hillbilly that fell down. <laughs> exactly. 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 All right, last What's one next? here. Get ready for this one. Hey babe. Babe, what is that red light above the new building that they're building? I don't see anything. It's a red blinking light. That new building right there? Yeah. I don't... Hang on. Is it like a helicopter in the distance or something? No, let me turn the light off. I don't... I think it's too bright. I don't see... <laughs> <it>. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> I love a good prank, so... I love this video. The comment section, again, very funny on this one, too. Um, my soul left my body. Um, that's going to make his hair grow back. Uh, teamwork makes the scream work. You always show your true self when you're startled with like a little um, manicure hand. Um, bro got a little zesty with the scream. When's the divorce? And bro hit the Squidward hash slinging slasher scream. That's a SpongeBob reference for anyone who didn't get that. But I didn't. Are you a prankster, Dan? I love them. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I um, would my wife? Let's play. Would my wife have been fired? You ready? So 
when my wife was coaching at Bowling Green, she had her, her lifetime friend and her husband uh, came to one of the games. And this is a true story. Her lifetime long, lifelong friend Jamie has what's called a prop bag that she brings with her everywhere on trips. Has masks, has all kind of stuff, right? So my wife, as the head coach at Syracuse, and her friend Jamie and her husband put masks on. The girls were all, the players were staying kind of on the first floor. And they did just that to their own players. Jumped out when they were looking in the mirror, out the windows, knocking out. Would she have been fired in this day and age for doing that? That's a good question. I feel like when it comes to pranks, people have a good sense of humor, but you never know. Um, but that it could be dangerous. You never know. Someone could get hurt. They could, like, jump and pull something. Right. I would, I would be careful um, pranking your own athletes. I, I, just, I don't disagree with that. I, I, I really don't. Let me ask you one more question before we get to the winner. Did you like or have you seen Chris Rock's special on Netflix? Yes, I did. Well, I have to. I have to be honest, and this is no shade to Chris Rock at all. It was really funny. I was just really tired when I was watching it, so I fell asleep halfway through. Um, but that has nothing to do with how funny it was. I definitely watched the Will Smith part um, where he addressed that. Um, did you know that Will Smith um, is hurt and embarrassed by Chris Rock's comments in the special? Because I don't know where he gets off saying anything about how he feels. You know what really hurts? Getting slapped in the face. I don't know why he's hurt. <laughs> what are you hurt about? It's a comedian who made a joke. I, like Will Smith literally can just not take a joke. I agree. I'm, you're preaching to the choir. I did not think the show was, I'm the, one of the biggest Chris Rock fans. I, I thought he took too long to set up jokes and all that. And I did get bored in it. But I got to tell you, the Will Smith stuff, when he kept saying the B word, that's a big move. And that would be like a, I mean, I, I feel right. Like, and I don't want to hear from Will Smith. I don't want to hear from Will Smith about that. You took your shot, now he's taking his shot. Shut up. I feel Will like Smith. it was, I mean, obviously it was very personal, but I feel like when he addressed the Will Smith stuff, it wasn't even comedy. Like he was just getting out what he needed to say. Like it wasn't, he wasn't yeah. even really joking about it. He was just like, yeah, I'm going to call you the B word and I'm going to like strip you down and make fun of you. Um, but it wasn't really, it was just like fun to see him get his payback, but I don't really know how funny it was. Um, I just think Will Smith is a total loser. I don't know how you can, I don't know where you get off being like, oh, you're hurting my feelings. Like you just, you lost your right to say that when you slapped him across the face in front of everyone. I, I, I'm too old, I guess, to, to really know Will Smith as a rapper, and I didn't watch the show. I was in college or I was coaching. But I love Will Smith in movies. Now Hitch. I've had enough. And I really – Hitch is a great movie. I, I, I like Men in Black. I yeah. like I like the Men in Black. I Am Legend. I never liked his Wait, wife. Wait, he's an I Am Legend, right? I, I, yeah, I Am Legend. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. I, I'm – I've never liked his wife. I, I don't I don't know why. I just um I always liked him. I don't man. And the whole the whole thing that Chris Rock did describe as being interviewed by the dude that's, you know, having an affair with your wife. Yeah. It, no, it's it's mental yeah. illness. I mean, I don't know who would ever do that. Um, but be careful making fun of Jada Pinkett Smith, Dan. You're gonna get Apparently. One of, you're gonna I don't get wanna get these. slapped here. <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't be the wouldn't be the first time. 
I like the third video. I like the scary video. I ain't mad at the first one. The second one, eh, uh, it came down to one or two, but it made me jump. It made me react, right? So I'm in on the third video. What are you thinking? Third video is Ryan's this week. So Ryan's on a winning streak. Two. We love that for Ryan. Yours had to be. Yours was the first one, right? Yours yeah. had to be See, the first one. Dylan's the second. Yes. Now it's getting very obvious who's sending them because mine are usually conservative leaning political um ryan's are just like funny i feel like ryan's are just funny is ryan is ryan coming out of his shell is he starting to become <laughs> funny guy i think ryan is funny guy he's always been funny guy but dylan dylan's hey, the Haley. hunting ones throw me off Haley, i gotta tell you your tiktoks are awesome Thank you. Sorry, and keep that up, will you, please? Thank yeah. you. Oh, I always yeah, will. Yeah, tell people how to follow you on TikTok. Tell them how to follow you on TikTok. It's a great follow. At Haley Karania, H-A-Y-L-E-Y-C-A-R-O-N-I-A. You got that, Dan? Hey, <laughs> let, I, yeah, I can't. Car, car, what is it again? Karania. <laughs> what? In one Car, word, Karania? Wait, you want to hear something really weird? Someone DM'd me on Instagram. His name was Tyler... Coronia, spelled the same way. That, that's how my last name's really supposed to be pronounced, but for whatever reason, my family doesn't pronounce it that way. But the Italian pronunciation, or the Americanized version of the Italian pronunciation is Coronia. Um, and he just sent me, I don't know if you're aware or familiar with the meme of the two Spider-Mans that are like pointing at each other. Oh yeah. <laughs> but this guy yeah. just sent me that and I was like, oh hey, like my brother from another mother. So there's more of us out here. I gotta, I gotta ask you a very important question. It's it's kind of serious actually because yesterday I'm curious where people are on this. Yesterday during a broadcast, Bill Walton uh, was doing uh, I think it was a UCLA game, and he's catching hell for this now. And he used the word midget twice okay. during the broadcast. Um. You know, I've seen ads for midget wrestling box. Is midget now, or has it always been, in describing somebody uh, a derogatory term? Because I'm reading this going, oh, okay. I guess. I mean, when I was in maybe middle school or high school, it was always midget. And then some. at some point it turned over to little people. So now, like, the... Okay. Uh politically correct word for them are is little people yeah you're right now that you say that you are but you never know right. they That's change right. the goalposts are always moving something that was correct to say 10 years ago five years ago two years ago even six months ago all of a sudden someone decides that it offends them and then you're wrong And I just do not, I do not subscribe to that. I hate cancel culture. I think it's so stupid. I don't care what you said 12 years ago. I'm assuming that you've grown as a person since then. So why don't we all just have a little bit of grace? Well, I agree with that. And I assume that, you know, in 10 years, whatever, 10, 9, 8 years, uh, that, you know what, frankly, uh, if you haven't grown, that's on you. But I don't give a damn what you said 10 years ago. I don't, I, it doesn't bother me one iota. Same. We just got to uh, look, you're the look best. forward. Thanks, Dan. Yes. I like the word grace, by the way. Grace is a good word. Uh, all right. Woke and dope to end the show. What do we got? Who's our dope? That is woke.
Can you scroll that? What is I, I can't equity 63 on gender and queer seven times with fentanyl. Oh, is that from our guy Jim Banks? Jim Banks is mad at priorities, Joe. Uh, Biden's new budget mentions equity 63 times, transgender eight times, queer seven times, fentanyl twice, four times opiate. I'm, I'm telling you, like equity, I want, hey, look, I want to be a running back in the NFL. There are not black running backs in the white running backs in the NFL. Last guy I can remember is Blake Ezor and Christian McCaffrey. Hey, the big racist is on your TV right now. If you go to ESPN, you can, you can follow the big racist, uh, Kendrick Perkins. He is on there saying stupid stuff. I heard him this morning, and you cannot be dumber than Kendrick Perkins. Although Joe Biden is trying. Look, how about we run the country? Transgender equity. What are we doing? How about we pay and make our schools better? How about we do things, uh, I don't know. How about we do things that matter to everybody instead of 0.01% of the people? Fentanyl's killing our kids. Follow Jim Banks, the senator who's been on our show. Follow him. And I'm telling you right now, Jim Banks is all over this fentanyl thing that's killing our kids. Hell, even if you watch a show, Your Honor, it's killing our children. And by children, I mean young adults and up. But Biden's worried about transgender, queer. What do we, doesn't it, doesn't it just blank you off a little bit? Doesn't it? Seriously? Doesn't it just make you go, what in the absolute are we doing? When this dumbass is there doing this because he's trying to gain political clout. I'm out. Dockage is out. Aaron, thank you. Uh, Gary, Clay, awesome. Thanks to everybody. Ryan and Dylan and obviously Haley and Caitlin for helping us out. There is on Monday, guess what? We will have a bracket. And since we will have a bracket, we will have some fun. There it is. Best TikTok, jump scare, corn. Or bumper said the corn one, Dylan. I love you, but I don't know. Now, if you'd have shown, if you'd have shown a deer or deers come running up and grabbing, now you're talking. Hey, I'm going to be a guest at noon with Kent Sterling on his YouTube show. Go to kentsterling.com. It's going to be two guys having milkshakes, breaking down the Indiana game, and the Purdue game is going to be going on. But we're going to be. <laughs> he texts me. He goes, Hey, come on my show. We're going to be doing uh, an NCAA breakdown. And Sunday night, I will post my NCAA bracket. Stay at Twitter at Don't At Me. Stay at Twitter at Dan Dockett. Stay at Twitter at Outkick because I'm going to have a lot of content this weekend. Preach to us, big racists. Preach to us. <laughs>